Hey guys, welcome to The Better Way Podcast, where we have conversations about anything and everything pertaining to following Jesus in everyday living. My name is Adam Winter, and I'm here with co-hosts Matt Dorn and Ryan Breland. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. What's going on? Uh, welcome back, everyone who's listening. We are in Wednesday Word, and this is again, yep, whoop, whoop. Uh, we are going to be diving into today's scripture reading for the 90-day journey through the gospel. So today we are in Matthew chapter 17, where we're going to be talking about all kinds of fun stuff together. So either of you guys can lead us off however you like. I'll go for it. I don't mind. Um, Yeah. So, well, obviously this uh, comes after chapter 16. There's your first revelation of the day, boys and girls. Uh, But chapter 16 kind of serves as a pivoting point in the book of Matthew. Um, It's kind of starts this section where Jesus is now Uh, preparing his disciples for his uh, impending departure, uh, to put it nicely. And so, you know, in chapter 16, we get, well, Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. And then he's like, hey, BT Dubs guys, I'm going to die soon. And that freaks everybody out. Peter rebukes him, which is always a a wise decision. (laughs) Peter was filling himself so much. He got one answer right. And then he's like, all right, I got this, Jesus. (laughs) And rebukes him. Uh, and Jesus is like, you know, shut up, Satan. Uh, which has to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> what could be more insulting to be called Satan by Jesus? Uh, but Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, that hurts. And then, again, Jesus is prepared. And then he's like, no, this has to happen. And this is the way. Uh, and again, the disciples don't understand this. Uh, this is new to them. We all know that this is coming. I think, uh, spoiler alert, I don't know if anybody is new to Christianity. Jesus dies on the cross um, so <laughs> that's coming up. Uh, yeah. And so chapter 17, uh, kind of continues this theme of preparing the disciples and Jesus, we see him, uh, reveal his glory in the transfiguration. They get to see him, uh, who he is. We see him like, again, demonstrating his power over the demonic realm, casting out this demon, out this little boy. Uh, he, again, for the second time, uh, predicts his death. And then we see him just uh, provide this fish for, you know, or pro- not, well, provide the fish, but the real point is the coin in the fish to pay the taxes. Uh, so yeah, it's a little... Pay your taxes, everybody. Pay your taxes. Let's pray. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> right. it. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. So I guess starting with the transfiguration, is this, this, this may or may not matter to some people, but did this literally happen? And I know this is speculation here. I know we don't know for certain, but do you think this literally happened? Do you think this was a, a vision? that they saw? Do you think this was, uh, do you think Elijah and Moses literally showed up decked out in their shiny garments? Or do you think that this was a vision that, that Peter, James, and John were shown of the future glorified Jesus post, you know, death and resurrection? Any thoughts on that? I know, again, this is just like speculation, but these are the things that my brain does when I'm reading about the Bible. I, I, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, what do you, what do y'all think? I mean, it could be a vision. It couldn't. It, it appears to me that it probably literally happened, but I'm, I'm more of a literalist when I'm reading the text. I have to kind of like decipher, okay, what's, what's, what is, what isn't. It's because you, you're, seeing, you're seeing things that it tells you that he's transfigured before him. His face is shining. There's a lot of things. Now, this could happen in a vision too. Uh, Moses and Elijah are talking with him, and Peter and is talking back to Jesus. So mm-hmm. um, to me, that just makes all the more real things the visions in the Bible are weird, happened. though, right? Yeah, they're they weird. They can they're be very, very realistic. I I remember when I 
read it earlier, I was thinking this is uh, Jesus going into like Super Saiyan mode to me. That's yeah, where my yeah. mind went. But uh, yeah. so uh, the only reason I say, I mean, one of the reasons I say that is verse nine, it says, Jesus says, tell no one the vision uh, until the son of man is raised from the dead. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. In second Peter one, uh, Peter says like starting verse 16, for we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we be w- take two, <laughs> but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty for when he received honor and glory from God, the father and the voice was born to him by the ma- ma- by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice born from heaven for we were with him on the holy mountain. And it seems like Peter is like, you know, we were there. We seen. to, I think he's trying to convince his disciples. Like I am mm-hmm. who I say I am. I've yeah. told you this all the time. You've yeah. seen these miracles, but now I'm about to do something in front of your eyes. That is beyond just feeding 5,000 or, um, you know, healing people. I'm going to show you who I am. And we're going to have these, these, patriarchal figures come and 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 the voice of god is going to declare this is my son listen to him and when i when i hear that and i read that i'm like wow like that is just more of a confirmation hopefully to the disciples i would imagine that uh he is who he says he is Mm -hmm. and this really happened in time and space and so and i feel like that's jesus objective that he's trying to do with these disciples these three and this is again preparing them right like hey i'm going to die and Mm -hmm. this isn't like this isn't coming out of nowhere. This isn't like, oh, snap, we weren't ready. But Jesus is like, again, like, I have authority over all things. I'm in control over things. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, BT dubs, I'm God. Like, here's yeah. my glory. So when all this happens, it's not that, you know, this isn't a, sh- a shock. This isn't surprise. Like, this is a part of the plan, like, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's a prepar- it's a preparation. And, like, this is who I am. And I think, again, for us, like, we need that preparation for like when trials and stuff happens, like, okay, th- we know who God is. We've seen him work. We've seen his faithfulness, you know, so we don't need to be freaked out and like, you know, put on edge when, mm. you know, it gets real. Yeah. I-, I was just thinking like, yeah, and God wants us to, I think about the old Testament, like God really wants us to think about tangible things that can, that, that are directly connected to spiritual reality. So we want, he, like, I think about in the old Testament, how he's like, build, build these stone um, pillars to remind yourself of like what God did. And so God wants to use these physical, tangible things to show us, to remind us of who he is. And I think God here in Jesus is trying to do that for these people, mm-hmm. um, for his disciples to, to remind us and show us that. And it's a great reminder of like us is no matter the, the trials we're going with, we have to go back and remind ourselves like, yeah, God did do that in my life. It wasn't just a, something that I dreamed up. I don't know. Sometimes when I think of visions, again, there you go back to Joseph and he had visions, right? Oh, it's all and he place, held yeah. on to those and they impacted his life. Mm-hmm. But then I think of like, I'm thinking of a person who's like, cause me, I'd be like, was it really a vision and start doubting the fool mm, out of yeah, it, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, and just kind of shake it off. Like now that it really didn't happen. And, uh, and I would doubt it all the more than if I physically really saw it. No, I saw it with my eyes. I'm yeah. convinced. Yeah. I'm completely convinced, but yeah. Yeah. And that, that question was kind of neither here nor there just for me. That's I'm, I'm a huge question asker. I think the Bible provokes you to ask questions. So I just naturally kind of do that, but it doesn't really matter whether it was a vision or a literal concrete manifestation. It, the truth is the same is that he was preparing them is that he was revealing his glory in some, some way, shape or form and preparing them for his, his departure and then future resurrection. It's funny though. Their, their natural response. 
hey Jesus, let's build a temple. Let's, yeah. let's, well, let's build something. Is hilarious. Yeah. Let's, like, let's build something to encapsulate this. He acts like it's no to, big deal. He's yeah. just like, hey, oh, oh, Elijah, Moses, you're here. I guess I'll make you a tent too. Like, yeah, it's what? And then they hear the voice of God, and then they fell on Freak their faces out. and were terrified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slow down, guys. And yeah. that was the other Pump bit. The then breaks. Jesus touches them, and then like everything disappears back to normal. Like yeah. they look up, and it's just like him chilling, yeah. like in his normal, yeah. you know, get up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Matt, you said something a few minutes ago that I thought was good when, when this voice from heaven of God does boom and declare, uh, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased, which makes me think of Matthew 3, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus' baptism, same, mm-hmm. the heavens are wrenched open, the same statement is made. Here, what is added is listen to him, mm-hmm. listen to him. And it kind of makes me think going forward in, in chapter 17, we, we have this next story, which seems kind of disconnected, but it's not, but, uh, of this boy, father brings a boy, his son who cannot be healed. Uh, scholars think he might have had epilepsy or something like that, but we see it's a demonic, uh, oppressive situation going on. So Jesus casts out the demon because the disciples could not, uh, as he's coming down from this mountaintop experience with, uh, Peter, James, and John, he comes down, the, the boy is still, you know, being thrown around into water and, and into fire he heals the boy and the disciples are like, what's going on? Like, why couldn't we do it? And you know, they, if, if you were with us last time, Matthew chapter 10, we talked about how Jesus had just commissioned the disciples to go out and to heal and to, to raise the dead and do all kinds of things. And they were doing it and they were excited and it was just happening for them. Now they're in a situation where they're not able to do it and they're confused by it. So they asked Jesus like, why can't we do it now? And there's, depending on the translation you're reading, some, some translations add Mark's gospel adds uh, this one can, this kind can only be driven out by prayer and by fasting, but tying into what you said, Matt, about listen to him, listen to Jesus. What, what, how can we, how can we connect that with what we're seeing in this story where the faith that the disciples had was not enough to drive out this demon. And Jesus says an interesting thing in here where I think it's hyperbolic, you know, but he says, you know, if you had the, the, the faith, the amount of a mustard seed, if you had the smallest amount of faith possible, quantity-wise, it's, it's almost hard to even see. If you had just that much, you can move a mountain from one place to another. Um, so yeah, tie in kind of that idea of, hey, this is the Christ, this is my beloved son, listen to him, and the reality that they weren't, quote unquote, listening to him as much as they should have in this interaction with this boy. Yeah, when I think about those things, I think about, uh, the question that always comes to mind is, what is your faith in, right? Because it's not about the quantity of faith. Jesus is saying it's not about how much faith you have. It's about the the who you have the faith in. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if they were just like, okay, we've done this before. And they keep sticking to that, so to speak, formula kind of, Hey, this is the recipe. Jesus sent us out. We, we did these things. He commissioned us before we can go do that again. Like just apply that cut, copy, paste that and do it here. And we tend to do that so much in our lives where we see God do something and we just cut, copy, paste that into our lives. And some of those things are, are true and good. We should do Bible reading, prayer, those things we should continue to practice and grow on. But the thing is that we start putting our faith in those things in those rituals and routines. And then we, we, we have those days where we're like, I'm not really feeling the power in that. I don't really see God moving in the practice of this or mm-hmm. those kind of things. And so we start listening to our own voices. That's oh, not working. This isn't going right. And we're not listening to his voice that there's endurance, that there's this long, long thing. There's going to be trials. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be doubts. There's going to be worries, but you don't have to, because if you're listening to my voice, there's a better way. Anyways. Yeah, there's uh, this is from Tim Keller. It's a cheeky question, uh, but he asks, uh, "How do you get into Narnia?" And of course, we all say the wardrobe. Yeah, and then he goes, "No, you're wrong, stupid." Um, and 
you may feel bad about yourself. Uh, but he improves, he goes, you know, he, the point he's making is like, it changes every time, right? Sometimes it's a wardrobe. Sometimes it's different means, different avenues. And a lot of times, like, you know, God is similar in the sense that it's like, it's not the same. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is how I met God. And this is how I, you know, connected with him the first time I, you know, went to church and the pastor was preaching on this or, you know, or it's not, man, every time I listen to this song, I feel, mm-hmm. you know, connect it, the means change or sometimes the avenues change. But again, the goal is to connect with God is to meet Jesus. And so it's not that we find this formula and we stick to this. And sometimes God, will, yeah, sometimes it'll be reading the word. Sometimes it's fellowship with another believer, you know, and just hanging out with a brother or sister in Christ. Sometimes it's a song you hear on the radio. Sometimes, you know, it's uh, the preaching at church. And so, and that's, that's why, again, all of these means that God mm-hmm. has given us are important. Uh, I think again, match point is we have to like, be open to meeting God and not just put him in a box. Okay. This is how God works and operates. Cause it's a relationship, right? Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. because of that relationship, it's going to grow and mature over time. And there's going to be many facets to it. They're going to be interconnected, but it's going to grow and mature to this, this wonderful thing where it's going to have those low moments of like, okay, is this relationship really going in the same direction yeah. that I think it's going in? And, uh, and, and all that, but, but all those, all those ups and downs of a relationship are what makes the relation, the, the commitment to that relationship. That's what makes it all the more beautiful and all the more flourishing where you look back and you're like, wow, these years that I've spent with this person or with God, yeah. how much richness and how much joy, how much delight that I've gotten from it. Yeah. Not every experience is going to be a mountaintop experience. Right. Absolutely. Not, yeah. And it doesn't need to be. Yeah. I think of, uh, like my first earlier early years of following Christ, which is, you know, I would consider like 21, around 21 years old. And it was like, it was all new. It was exciting. It was fresh. I was so zealous. I was like <laughs> going to like Skid Row every Saturday night to feed the, the homeless, like things I'd be terrified, honestly, to do now, uh, which is sad. Um, but no, I was just like, let's get out here. Let's do this. And there was, there was just like a, a, a childlike naivety that was so <clears throat> like refreshing and honestly like I, I felt like I saw God moving much more and uh and, th- and then ever since you know gradually it's so easy to fall into the, just this rote check of the box relationship with him where I'm not depend like I don't know there, there was also like a, a deeper it felt like a deeper dependence back then but I feel like I don't know this makes sense to me but like the longer you know Christ uh he gives you increased revelation, you know, the same, the same way that these disciples, this is seven chapters later. Now we could add up the time that that, you know, so only seven chapters for us, it was probably, you know, several years uh, that they were with Jesus. And in that time period, they were, they were learning more about him. They were watching his day to day. They were getting increased revelation about who he was. And as we get more revelation into who Jesus is, he calls us into deeper levels of trust. So like, now that you know this about me, like, like cast yourself more fully upon me, mm, you know, depend me. on me more, yeah. listen to me, mm-hmm. trust in me. And so f- for me, I don't know that there's, I think that one of the harder things about the longer time, time that you're walking with Jesus is how callous we can become, mm-hmm. you know, how like cynical, yeah. cynical, familiar, like even mm-hmm. reading the stories, I'm like, we're all like, you know, oh, yeah, I've read this before. Yeah. You know, and if you don't really intentionally like, f- like focus on what you're even reading and and really intentionally turn your heart toward God with expectation, with a hunger, 
uh, it can just blow right past you and you mm-hmm. can find yourself very easily depending on yourself. So yeah, I don't know that, that this story is like super relatable for me because I can, I can find myself in that place often. And then, you know, now realizing that just trying to, okay, God, each and every day, this isn't me just reading my Bible, checking the box. This isn't me just saying a prayer, checking the box and mm-hmm. trying to work with that on my kids. Cause every now when we pray, they're just like, let's get it done. Yeah. Like check the box dad, let's get it done. And I'm much. like, no guys, we are talking to the living God. Like let's, let's think about what we're doing, who we're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, which I need to remind myself of as well. You know, we could all yeah. find ourselves in those places yeah. where it's just it's just what we do. Yeah, it's kind of like I think of like I mean, you guys are fathers, so you probably remember like when your kids took their first steps, like just the process of them like learning to walk and, and just learning cheering. to drive. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that too. Just like you know, like or just yeah, through that progression, like you know, when they're stumbling at the beginning, you're cheering them on and you're excited, and they're just and then eventually, like you know they walk and it's such a big deal and we're so excited. And then like for us, like, you know, I'm not trying to brag, but I've been walking for about 34 years now, Man. you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, you know, just doing, out here doing my thing. Uh, but like, it's, it kind of becomes kind of, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We see a, a toddler or a child walk. It's so exciting. Which is why it's so funny when adults trip. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> you should know better, right? <laughs> like you should be walking yeah. by now. Like, you, you know, I've been that walking. Root for th- shouldn't have tripped you up. You yeah. Known that you got it. You got to get it. And I think sometimes it's like good when we trip and sometimes it's good, you know, for us to like do these things that like push ourselves and maybe, you know, yeah. Try to, you know, run a couple miles. Yeah. To, Cause know, yeah. And, and that's exactly true. It's made me think of that Ephesians, right? Awake, O sleeper, yeah. uh, awake, and let, let God's light shine upon you. Like, we need to be shaken sometimes so that the things that are, that's Hebrews talks about, like, we need to be shaken up so the things that need to be remained are there and visible so we can see them, and those that need to be shaken off need to be removed. Yeah. And we need that in our life constantly because we can get so cynical. Yeah. Our hearts can become so callous. Yeah, and it's just pushing, not, you know, not in like, again, a legalistic way, but just to right. to grow to know God more and to, like, you know, like, all right, if you're, you've been reading a chapter a day, then maybe, okay, let's, how can we step it up? How can we increase? How can we build upon this? Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask another cheeky question? I love the cheekiness. Uh, we're adding, yeah, a new segment to the podcast. Cheeky, cheeky questions with Rai Rai. Spot the uh, cream in my tea, please. Cheerio, governor. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Did it go from British to like Irish? I don't know. I go from British to Australian a lot. I almost said mate. I had to like really hold back. It's bloke. Bloke. Bloody bloke. Any British person that's listening right now. Yeah. They're going to love it. We speak your language, Governor. So the cheeky question. Cheeky question. All right. So you're counseling someone. So let's say, you know, tragedy struck their life. They hit you up want to talk, want to meet, uh, your first step is just kind of being a presence, right? Being there for them. At what point do you bring in truth? Do you bring in Bible in your meeting with them? Yeah. Uh, obviously it's case by case, uh, you know, and your relationship with that person. But, um, yeah, you yeah, I think the presence there first gives the credit for the truth mm-hmm. a lot of the times. Because people are going to, and even, and even in many times in those hard, difficult things, when you do share the truth, it could be, you know, the Bible talks about saying the right thing at the right, saying the right thing at wrong times and us being careful at what we say and when we say it and how we say it. Cause it's powerful. Our words yeah. are powerful. Um, and sometimes, I, I don't know, I've seen it in my life where maybe somebody said something that I needed to hear, but it wasn't the time that I received it in well. Mm. And I look back on that and I'm like, wow, I'm really glad they said that. But mm. yeah, those are very hard 
hard questions that aren't just like easily answered. But I do think that the presence in the beginning gives credit to the truth uh, being received more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know your thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, no, I think, I mean, I, w- I would just restate what you said, so I won't do that. I think that's a really good answer, honestly. Yeah. yeah I think like, yeah, your presence, your, the equity you have in, in the relationship matters as well. You know, from a pastoral perspective, obviously, ideally you've, you, you know, this person enough to where you've been speaking the truth into their life, you know, at some level beforehand. But I think, yeah, just, just the way in which you go in the time in which you spend with them, even the way in which you, you deliver that truth is obviously yeah. important as well. Mm. Yeah. And if you're coming in really... <laughs> really heavy-handed really dogmatic like it's probably not going to be received really well but yeah and so this is a discipleship question council uh discipleship counseling question that was asked to us but uh the cheeky answer that you do to people is uh before right you don't wait till tragedy to strike till you bring in truth and bring in gospel but uh you do that before right it's preparing them before you know it hits the fan for that right because you know jesus again is going to warn us like you know bad times are going to come. Suffering is going to come. Like this isn't new. Don't be ignorant of this. This isn't a surprise. Uh, and so he, again, this is what kind of we're seeing he's doing with the disciples is mm-hmm. he's preparing them. Like, and that's, again, what we're doing is like why we read our Bibles, why yeah. we practice these seemingly ordinary means is so that when suffering does come, when tra- tragedy does strike, you know, when the, sh- when Jesus goes to the cross, we're not so easily shaken by it, uh, but we've been prepared. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it hits, we're not going to fall down. We're not going to trip over the root. You know, we've been practicing. And so, again, I think that's just an encouragement for us. It's like, okay, how are we preparing and training ourselves for that impending, you know, suffering and tragedy yeah. and all that good stuff? Yeah, guys, and kind of wrapping up today, we don't want to, again, I mean, we, we, we kind of rabbit trail today, but in a good way. I think this is what the Bible does. You kind of mm. just, this is supposed to feel like just you're sitting in here with us. We're having kind of organic conversations about stuff that we're reading. This just for me was something I noticed that, you know, may or may not be a reach, but for me it wasn't. We started by looking back at chapter 16. Obviously, when we're reading the Bible, we want to do so in context. We're not just, you know, ripping this chapter out of nowhere, but it's it's coming from within the continuity of a story that's being told. So chapter 16 opens, this is yesterday's reading, with the Pharisees and Sadducees demanding a sign. Like, they're like, Jesus, we want a sign. Like, prove yourself, show yourself, let us know that you are who you say you are. Like, like show up. Like, they're testing them. Mm. Um, and he's like, nah, I'm not giving you any sign. Like the only sign you're going to get is a sign of Jonah, obviously a throwback to the prophet three days in the, in the belly of a, of a fish. I'm going to spend three days in the heart of the grave, you know? And so like, that's the only, that's what he was communicating there. But he's like, at the end of the day, you're not getting a sign because you're over here demanding it. And I feel like some of us can have that kind of pharisaical spirit sometimes if we're in a hard place where we're like, God, just show up, show me a sign. I need a sign. And we might not use that language, but we're like, I need you to give me what I need. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love how this is where like the connection came to me. 17 opens with the transfiguration where the, these Peter, James and John, this is his closest three. This is his, his friends. I even love the idea that Jesus had friends, like the God, the God of the universe had close friends and they weren't out here saying, give me a sign, prove yourself. Yeah. Show, show, show up, Jesus. But what did he do? He, he showed them something. He gave them a special encounter, a special revelation of who he was, but it wasn't because they demanded it. It was just because they were close to him. Like they were his close people. They were close to his heart. Uh, they trusted him and, you know, imperfectly, but they were still, they were trusting him and, and he gave them a sign without them having to demand it or ask for it or plead for it. And so for me, I know that that may seem like a bit of a reach to some. For me, that's just encouraging me to draw near to God, just yeah, to trust absolutely. myself to him, 
to not come greedy like oh, I need you to do this for me. I need and, and yet you know I feel like we always quote qualify. Yes, come needy, ask ask God for big yeah. things, all that good stuff. But mm-hmm. the lesson for me in that was I just I just want to trust Jesus. I don't always want to come saying I need you to do X, Y, and Z for yeah. me. Because the more we come to Him in our need, the more we're gonna come to Him in our need instead yeah. of the the design for us to be with him yeah, yeah. and that's that's the whole goal out we of need, that organic relationship yeah out of that organic and at the end of the day I mean we don't we don't know what we need <laughs> right yeah that's, we that's, think we do yeah, but he, he does yeah. and yeah. he knows when we need what we need and, yeah. and he'll give it to us in due time but to kind of yeah just just wrapping up there hopefully this was encouragement to you guys again we'll be back next Wednesday and we'll be back on Monday double episodes next week because again we're doing regular episodes every other Monday and every single Wednesday we're doing this Wednesday word thing so keep on reading guys join us in that um i know it can be challenging some days but you know we're all we're all doing it one one day at a time so keep on reading one chapter at a time we'll see y'all next week uh make sure you like and subscribe share the episode give us a five-star rating bump us up the algorithm all that good stuff and we will see you next week bye